This is the Monday Call, brought to you by NZ Funds. With the collapse of stablecoin Terra, crypto volatility has once again been grabbing headlines around the world. In this fund update, our Chief Investment Officer James Grigger explains how the NZ Funds investment team has been actively managing our crypto positions in recent weeks. As you know, NZ Funds was the first to invest in uh, first KiwiSaver fund and perhaps pension fund globally to invest in cryptocurrency back in 2020, uh, where we entered Bitcoin at around uh, 9,000 um, and exited in around March 2021. Um, I think it was around 55, 60,000. Uh, we exited in, in March 2021 and, um, and saw uh, quite a big sell-off at that point, uh, perhaps a bit more of a steady sell-off than we're seeing now, but it did go down to around the levels, if not uh, if slightly lower than, than what we're seeing at the moment in terms of the Bitcoin price. And that's a good, I guess, representation of what's going on across the market. The Bitcoin price and all cryptocurrency prices then rebounded quite uh, strong uh, until the start of this year when interest rate increases were having an effect on all assets, not just cryptocurrencies, but across a lot of the asset classes, uh, including and especially technology companies. And the reason for mentioning this trading strategy is uh, that is a really important and integral part of what we do at NZ Funds when it comes to cryptocurrencies. I think for those of you who are long-time listeners of the Monday Call, you'll know that we have uh, a great affinity to digital assets. We think they're going to be big disruptors in the financial services market and then move across a lot of other sectors and be a big part of what happens in technology and the economy going forward. Uh, Needless to say, most central banks are thinking about how they can release their own digital currencies because of this uptake and, and the use cases of crypto and digital assets. But at the same time, we have always acknowledged that it's incredibly volatile and while we might have long-term, very uh, bullish uh, price targets around different digital assets, there are periods of time where we do not want to own it. And that is because the volatility uh, of the asset class means it's untenable to have big positions in the portfolio. And that's the case with what's happening now. Uh, We've been very um, alive to the fact that interest rates are increasing. And you'll see in the income portfolios, uh, we've outperformed uh, dramatically versus the benchmark because of rising interest rates. That's had a big effect on technology companies, um, and that's a good representation of that is the NASDAQ. And and so we've done a lot to mitigate that sell-off in, in technology companies by not owning technology companies. In some portfolios being short, some of these non-profit tech companies, which are more susceptible to interest rate changes. And it has also meant decreasing our exposure to digital assets. Where we stand at the moment and before this big sell-off that we had just a few days ago last week, uh, our positioning in cryptocurrencies and the growth portfolios was about 2%. And so uh, 2 to 3%. So those positionings were very small. Most of those were in shares, not the underlying assets. We do have small exposures to uh, Bitcoin and Ethereum, uh, but those were... Uh, placeholders for the asset class and certainly uh, while they've moved around in price not having very much effect at all on on the on the performance of the portfolios 
It has also, and that strategy has also allowed us to take the opportunity to re-engage with the asset class when we think the damage has been done. Uh, we even added last week a very small amount to uh, Bitcoin and Ethereum, given where the price has got to. And given the sell-off in Bitcoin especially is really idiosyncratic. Yes, it's wrapped up in what's going on in interest rates and technology, but the volatility we got last year was really to do with what was going on in a specific asset class um, called stable coins. Now, stable coins are often backed by the US dollar, but there are some stable coins that are backed by Bitcoin or backed by digital assets. And uh, the algorithms that control those really, um, uh, it's really up for grabs whether they can actually work or not. Uh, We've done a lot of work on those uh, alongside uh, Galaxy Digital and and they've always been of concern to us given the nature of the algorithm and the backing not being the actual US dollar. And so we've been nowhere near those sorts of asset classes and have not invested in any stablecoin. And so what is pleasing is we've been able to mitigate the volatility in the cryptocurrency space once again and we now have the dry powder to re-engage with it once we see the momentum uh, start again within the asset class. It's probably going to take some time. It's probably going to take a little bit of time for some of these interest rate moves to flow through the asset class as well. But what we are certain of that over the long term, cryptocurrencies and digital assets will always form part of our growth portfolios. And But being an active manager within that is really important uh, because of the volatility. And and where we stand now, we think we, we're in a good position to to generate further returns from it as, as those digital asset prices stabilise. To give you some insights, while last week was quite dramatic within digital assets, when I think year-to-date, the Bitcoin price is down 33% year-to-date, which is a dramatic decrease. But it's actually not that much more negative than the NASDAQ, which is down 25%. So really, this is a technology uh, sell-off to do with interest rates. But perhaps even more important is non-profit tech. So think about the NASDAQ and the main uh, components of the NASDAQ are companies like Apple, uh, Google, Microsoft, all profit-making companies all with very high cash flow and and no debt. In fact, they have billions of dollars of cash sitting on their balance sheet. They're technology companies, but they don't move to the same extent as your traditional technology companies that don't really make any profit because they don't have that same sensitivity to interest rates. And so what we look at is non-profit tech. Those are the tech companies that don't make earnings. Uh, Zoom, which we're all talking on at the moment, is a great example really strong growing revenue, not much profit. And those are the companies that really get affected when interest rates increase. Now, the non-profit tech index is down 50% year to date. And that is uh, far in excess more than what's going on in, in digital assets. And so you have to put it into context of what's going on. It's a great headline when you think of what's going on in digital assets. But there are companies out there that are generating revenue uh, that have done very well last year that have given up all their gains, all their gains since the bounce back of COVID, uh, from COVID. And so that is where the real pain of the economy is, is being felt 
And I think the the important part of that is there's going to be some real opportunity within that non-profit tech basket. Some companies will fail, but some companies will will bounce back and there's a real opportunity to re-engage with those companies at a much cheaper price. I'm not necessarily saying Netflix, but look at Netflix for an example. They have 250 million customers and their share price is 60% cheaper than it was um, just a few months ago. And that's the same with what's going on in Bitcoin and digital assets in general. There are going to be winners and losers, but there will be uh, uh, some within the ecosystem which we think are really attractive and others that we don't want to go near. And that's where we're focusing our revenue uh, within the asset, uh, our revenue, our research within the, the asset class. So to summarize, very small positions in digital assets in, in the growth portfolios. The growth portfolios are still positive year to date. They're nicely positive due to different asset classes other than just shares that we're invested in. Uh, the KiwiSaver growth is up around 6% year to date, um, and that's versus a market that's down around 15%. And so we're really pleased with how things are tracking. We're really pleased with how the um, the type of investment strategy that we have and the tools that we have at our, our disposal to manage this type of uh, market environment are working. And as Cameron Bagri said, this is the time where being an active manager is really important. And this is the time where being an active manager can be really profitable uh, for returns. And so we're going to keep plugging away, keep working hard and keep generating um, those returns that are different from just a, a volatile share and bond market. On that note, thanks everyone for joining us this morning. Hope you have a great week and look forward to speaking same time, same place next week where we're going to summarise the budget with a, with a guest who has quite a lot of experience in, in New Zealand politics. Thanks very much and talk soon. This has been The Monday Call, brought to you by NZ Funds. New Zealand Funds Management Limited is the issuer of the NZ Funds KiwiSaver Scheme, the NZ Funds Managed Superannuation Service, the NZ Funds Advised Portfolio Service, the NZ Funds Wealth Builder, and NZ Funds Income Generator. A product disclosure statement for each is available at nzfunds.co.nz. Past performance is not necessarily an indicator of future returns. 